0: What are 100% commission brokerages and why are they so popular these days? We're going to talk about that. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? And now on to our show Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show, and in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with Oliver Graff to talk about 100% commission brokerages and why they're so popular these days. But before we get to Oliver, just one reminder, please tell a friend about this episode. Maybe you know an agent who's looking to switch firms or see what other options are out there, or maybe somebody who just passed their licensing exam and is trying to figure out what firm to go to. Remember those days, how difficult it was? This might provide some insight into an option they might not know exists. So send them over to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. Not only can they hear this episode, of course, but every, I think we've done 420 some episodes of the show. They can hear all of them just by going to keepingitrealpod.com. Please tell a friend. Um, we really, really appreciate it. But enough about me and that. Thank you. And now onto our interview with Oliver Graff. All right, today on the show, we with Big Block Realty in California, they are also expanding out to other markets in other states. Um, but let me tell you more about Oliver. Now, Oliver is a four-time uh, Inc. 500 entrepreneur, co-founder, and president of Big Block Realty. As Big Buck Realty has been recognized as one of the fastest growing independent brokerages in the country. Uh, He's an active real estate investor. He is also host of his own podcast called Founders Club, which is a top podcast dedicated to real estate and entrepreneurship. He is also the co-founder of Closing Table, a high-level real estate mastermind, along with Sam uh, Mann, and I'm, I may be mispronouncing that, so you'll have to correct me, um, and Roland Frazier. And he's also the manager and co-creator of Real Closers, the second largest Facebook group for realtors. He's also a husband and a father to two awesome sons. He's a dedicated surfer, and oh yeah, an artist on top of that. He does it all. Uh, <laughs> and for, to learn more about what big block realty does uh, and we're going to talk about that as well on the show. Um please visit big ble- sorry big We will also have a link in there in the show notes so you can check them out. Um Oliver, it is such a pleasure to uh, to to have you on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me DJ. Very much appreciated. Uh Sam Karamian, that's my business partner. Thank you uh it's a tough last name but um yeah appreciate the great intro and very excited to be here
0: i have to tell you oliver's a bit of a like a hero to me um in the marketing world because and I i never really talk about this but we the the firm that that i'm at here in chicago is called kale realty we uh uh big block realty and kale realty have a pretty much identical business model or commission and fee model, which is what we call 100%, which we'll certainly talk about. And I realized in the f- about 400 episodes we've done, I've never once talked about commission models. Um, we talk a lot about top producers, how they build their business, and I certainly want to want to get your insight there too. Uh, but we never really talk about brokerages and, and different options. And the reason I'm saying Oliver is a hero of mine is not just because their firm has about fifteen hundred agents, which is amazing. Like we have eight hundred agents total. Um, he's he's got almost double that. But I, that's not even the impressive part. But that is impressive. But what's really impressive is their marketing. They their videos for recruiting are the very best I've ever seen. And in fact, Oliver uh, didn't know this because we're just we're just meeting now. But I had told him. Um, before we started, that one, this, one of his videos was an inspiration for us because we try to be a little silly and funny in our marketing efforts. But these guys, Big Block Realty, really does it just so perfectly well. So you, you guys are an inspiration to us and and um, we're trying to to get to your level of, of marketing with your videos, which we'll have a link to some of those videos in our show notes so you guys can see what Big Block does. Um, but before we get to you know all of that I, I want to learn more about you um how, how did you get into real estate if you don't mind me asking
1: yeah so um, first thank you for the kind words we're we're very passionate about marketing and and creating videos and not just uh, our 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 big tagline is we're not your grandpa's brokerage so we do everything in a way that's designed to stand out designed to be you know different and kind of forward thinking. Um, But to answer your question, uh, my partner and I, Sam, we met in college and we've had many businesses over the years. You know, we have an entrepreneurial graveyard, so to speak, of things that we've tried since the early 2000s. Um, And then eventually we both kind of made our way into real estate. We were cell phone salesmen in college. That was the way we used to pay the bills. And so we developed a kind of passion and uh, real love for sales and the sales process. And so we thought to ourselves, if you know, if you're going to go into the sales profession, the best thing you can do is sell something expensive because then the commissions are higher. And so the three most expensive things we could think of were jets, yachts and houses. And since we didn't know anything about jets or yachts, we def- we decided that houses would be the best way to go. Um, so, kind of transitioned. Uh, we ended up selling a few people inside of our cell phone store. It was T-Mobile. Uh, inside of our 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 boss at the time bought a house. Then the assistant manager bought a house, and they were uh, nice enough and had faith in us to help them with those transactions. So. When we got those paychecks, we thought, hey, you know, this is this is a lot better than uh, what we were getting at the time at the cell phone store. So that kind of started our transition into real estate. Uh, This was about 2006, 2005, 2006. And uh, from there, you know, the market started getting pretty rocky at the time. We ended up doing a lot of short sales. That was the big thing going into those years. and really kind of did that heavy for the first three to four years. And then about 2010 is when that kind of dried up. And then from there, we decided that we wanted to start a brokerage. Um, But we didn't, again, we didn't want to do it the way that it had always been done. And that was kind of the, the basis for Big Block Realty and kind of how we wanted to build it.
0: And let's talk about big block realty and and how how you're different because again um the 100 percent model while it's probably technically been around for i don't know probably 20 years by now it hasn't been as popular as i mean it's probably more popular than ever today and i think there's a lot of our listeners who are maybe not familiar with it at all so do you mind sharing sort of how, from a commission and fee perspective, how you guys are different and we can talk more about other things too, but curious just to set the table so that people know what we're talking yeah, about. When yeah, we say most 100%.
1: definitely. So, um, you know, there's a lot of ways that brokers add values to their agents, right. You know, that you, you, you give them leads, you, uh, you know, you have great culture, great support, great training, these things. And then there's obviously the commission split. Um, so when we were, kind of deciding which direction we wanted to go. Uh, We were big on the Robert Allen books at the time and creating uh, multiple streams of income and recurring revenue and things like that. And so we built the brokerage on uh, what is now the 100% commission model which essentially means that we pay our agents 100 percent commission when they close a deal and in exchange for that they pay us a monthly fee to be a part of the brokerage so essentially it's more of a membership model than a traditional real estate model yeah
0: so we have the same same exact model here and i i always refer to it as, as you have as either membership or subscription and this idea of um you know being able to offer a higher commission um, it confuses a lot of agents. I I know in, in maybe not as much today as it did when, when not as many people knew about this as an option, um, in, in a lot of major markets, but, um, so you, people pay a subscription fee and I'm guessing a transaction fee, but essentially get to keep almost all a hundred percent of the commission on every sale.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. So, um, for the most part, if they're doing, you know, a decent amount of business, they're almost guaranteed to make more money with us, which is great. Um, and and what we found at the time is there were other brokerages that were offering kind of the same type of thing. But when we were doing all of our research, what we found is that um, they were very low on support and very low on service and had a very like don't call us we'll call you type of mentality and so we wanted to flip that on its head and really deliver not only uh, you know a high commission split and a high profit so that they can take that money and put it back into their business but also really over deliver on service on training and support
0: we uh we learned um that we we have that same philosophy here we when we started kale realty here in chicago um other firms had attempted to do this 100% model prior to us we we started doing it in about 2011 2012 and um there just again there weren't a lot of firms that there weren't any really successful firms in the city here that had done it and I think the mistake that was made by some of these other firms was this idea of sure, we're going to pay you, you know, almost 100 percent of your commission and charge you a very low fee, but we're also gonna to, going to kind of not be there for you when when you need us. You know, that's the trade-off. Um, we felt, well, nobody's gonna stay at our firm. People are gonna be more than happy to to give 30% of their commission away at a, a traditional brokerage uh commission structure if they're getting the support and the training that they need. Mm-hmm. It, by which is evidenced by the fact that there are thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of agents who are at those kind of firms so we knew that just by offering the highest commissions and lowest fees that wasn't necessarily going to create a line of people to come in it certainly brings in some people but it i always say the 100% thing is maybe not is maybe the reason why people join but it isn't necessarily the reason why they stay mm-hmm. um curious to get your thoughts because we learned we have to provide we think just as much support and training as everybody else.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. I I would echo that same sentiment. Uh, I I think that again, you know, when people build their brokerages, they, they have to figure out what their value proposition is. Um, And then once you figure out what your value proposition is. It's how do you deliver that in the best way possible? What we didn't want to be is a rent a broker where, you know, there's no support, there's no training, there's no nothing. It's just a place to hang your license and maybe close a deal every once in a while. Um, What we wanted to do is really build a culture of people that love to be around each other, share the same vision. Uh, We've always been really entrepreneurial. So we've always uh, wanted to go after the more entrepreneurial agents. And again, that's why we felt the 100% commission structure was best for us, because we're all about, um, you know, we don't have mandatory meetings, there's no floor time, there's none of that. It's really about helping the agents build their own business, their own brand, their own identity, you know, and and that's the way we believe we can help them succeed in the, uh, you know, in the landscape of all the different broker models that are out there.
0: Yeah. I makes perfect sense. Um, I'm going to ask you the question that I've been asked a million times and I'm sure you and your team have as well as so what's the catch, right? That's, right. that's a question yeah. that sometimes I'm like, how, or, or a different question with the same, probably answers. How can you afford to do that? So those are the two questions that, that I'm sure you're familiar with as well as I am, <laughs> Yeah, um, absolutely. But, let, but let's answer. We might as well answer them. So, um, what's the catch, right? So um, I I, I, I feel this a lot. Uh, I'm sure you do. Um, how
1: do you answer that? Yeah, what's the catch and how do you guys make money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, full transparency at the very beginning, this was a lot harder of a question to answer. But now that we've proven concept and we have as many agents as we do, um, there really, there is no catch, right? Yeah. It's It's a volume game for us. And just like Costco offers better deals than the traditional place, but you have to be a member to get the take advantage of that Um, it's the same thing with us, and then, in addition to that we've also built um, a series of revenue streams around the agents so we have closing services transaction coordinators different things that are all value adds for our agents that also become profit centers for us so by them helping use our you know network of service providers that allows us to pass on more savings to them and again ultimately put more money back in their pockets and that's kind of how we approach it
0: we we do it the same way and when we're talking about you know alternate alternate streams of income other revenue sources you know we're looking at things like title possibly mortgage um you know all uh, just different relationships with other providers that uh, and we explain it this way to our agents too it's like you do not have to use our title services but by using those title services it helps you know keep us in business and helps keep our fees low and the funny part is Pretty much every other firm has ancillary stuff anyway, right? Like it's exactly. not even unusual now because yeah. it, I've been looking that the av- there's really not much money in traditional brokerage. Whether you're at a typical uh, real estate commission firm where you're you know have a split, uh, maybe an annual fee, uh, you know versus a hundred percent model, it's it's really um, we're, we're all of these these uh, these big uh, companies are now realizing the money is is more in the ancillary because commissions are going up firms are going to have to be more competitive we've i'm sure you've seen this with with firms coming in and even buying agents and giving them you know cash bonuses um and, and giving them great commission splits and they have to make up that money somehow
1: yeah yeah absolutely you know i i think um it's 80, there's 87 different service providers that touch a real estate transaction. So what we we actually encourage this, I know there's a lot of agents listening as well. And so I want to make sure they get a lot of value. And, and what I would encourage them to do is not only focus on their business, but they can also create either revenue streams, affiliate relationships, or even acquire or start businesses that are, you know, involved in that, 87, that tree of 87 different services that are involved. Um, So things like moving companies or, you know, insurance, um, insurance, solar, like out here in California, solar is a big one. Solar companies, they'll pay like a thousand dollars per referral. You know what I mean? Like if you create those extra relationships and those extra revenue streams then all of a sudden you you know you send three or four referrals their way and that's a couple th- three four thousand dollars that you're making in extra revenue and there's a lot of different things out there if you start getting creative and we can go through some of those if you want but um there's there's a lot of opportunity outside of just closing the transaction yeah,
0: th- there is, and so I think I, what I love about firms like like ours, uh, aside from being very attractive from a cost benefit perspective, um, our, the hurdle we all we jump, or I shouldn't speak for Oliver, of course, but the hurdle I jump is oftentimes just making sure people know that they are going to get more than they probably would expect, um, and and we're always uh, you know pinging our agents and surveying them to say like anonymously, like, how are we doing? Because if we're not doing well, you're going to go back to that traditional firm. You're going to be happy to give up the 30 or 40%, whatever it might be, um, to get better support and training. And we better have our training and, and support on point. Um, and I would encourage anyone who's considering, you know, looking into a model like this, see if a firm exists in your in your area. Um, it's harder to do in smaller markets. I'm from Peoria, Illinois, and we had first thought, well, maybe we'll open an office down there, and there just weren't enough agents to support it. So, you know, certain markets may not have that. Madison is is a great one. We actually looked at Madison. I'm glad we didn't go there since you guys are there. We actually looked at Wisconsin. Um, there's one in Milwaukee, I know, but uh, one or two maybe, but. Anyway, I applaud you guys for, for continuing to evolve and, and expand. Um, I would like to, to pivot just, just briefly to talk a little bit about, you know, with the number of agents you've seen funnel through, uh, your company and, and who are still there and, and really just killing it. Um, would love to hear what, what you see as some best practices, uh, around top agents, you know, where do you see agents having a lot of success? What are some of those, you know, those strategies or disciplines?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of kind of what separates the, the top agents and the most successful people from the rest is, to me, it comes down to three things. It's it's number one, we'll call it the nuts and bolts, right? You got to know the contracts, you got to know the business, you got to know conflict resolution, and, and just kind of the A to Z on how to be an agent and what to do when problems arise, because they will arise. And then the other two is advertising and sales. I think that the better you are at advertising, let's call that lead generation, whether that's cold calling, whether that's buying leads and converting them through a funnel, whether that's setting up referral sources. I mean, there's probably like seven or eight um, methods of advertising. I think it's really honing in and getting good at one of those. And then also on the other side, it's the sales piece. And then that, you know, um really just understanding what a good salesperson is kind of understanding how to be a good listener as opposed to just verbally vomiting on someone and trying to close sales that way but really understanding their needs getting on their side of the table with them and then helping them through it by you know asking the right questions and things like that so it's really down to those three things and we can expand if if you want Yeah, let's talk. I would love to talk about advertising.
0: I don't often talk too much about advertising with my guests and I should. And let's, let's talk about it. What are you seeing that's working for your agents right now with respect to advertising? I want to pause for a moment to talk about our episode sponsor our one of my favorite companies out there, follow-up boss Now, after interviewing hundreds of top realtors in the country for this podcast, do you know which CRM is used by more than any other by our guests? Of course, it is follow-up boss and let's face it, following up is the key to taking your business to the next level. Follow-up boss will help you drive more leads in less time and with less effort. Do not take my word for it. Robert Slack, who runs the number one team in the US uses Follow Up Boss, and he has built a $1.5 billion business in just six years. Follow Up Boss integrates with over 250 systems, so you can keep your current tools and lead sources. Also, the best part, they have seven-day-a-week support, so you'll get the help that you need when you need it. And get this, Follow Up Boss is so sure that you're going to love their CRM that for a limited time, they're offering Keeping It Real listeners a 30-day free trial, which is twice as much time as they give everyone else. And oh, yeah, no credit card required. So you can try it risk free, but only if you use this special link. Visit followupboss.com forward slash real. That's followupboss.com forward slash real for your free 30 day trial. Follow up like a boss with follow up boss. And now back to our episode.
1: Right. So um, let's, I can go a couple different ways with that. I think I'll give you my favorite one first. My favorite one is referral sources, not just you know staying in touch with your database and getting referrals from them, but creating referral sources that can give you multiple um, multiple referrals per year per month. So that's things like um, like attorneys can be a great source of leads. And by simply working, let's say, all the top divorce attorneys in town or bankruptcy attorneys in town or probate attorneys in town, if you simply start advertising to them the same way you would advertise to your database so send them a monthly mail piece and call them go to their events go to the events that they're at and meet them and if you just create one or two really good referral sources from an attorney or a cpa or someone like that or like here in san diego we have a lot of uh bigger companies and those bigger companies they have relocation specialists So if you can get in there and create the relationship with those people to where you're the trusted go-to person, I mean, that can literally be the difference between doing five to 10 deals a year and 50 to 100 deals a year just off a few good referral relationships. So
0: yeah just just to add a couple of ideas as you were talking I um, you know financial advisors another great right. one right they yep. oftentimes may be the first people to know that you know the client their client might be considering a move uh, of course you mentioned divorce attorneys that's great insurance agents we talked about another great great one um mm-hmm. and yeah there's the accountants there's a lot of ancillary businesses that aren't necessarily directly related to real estate but touch uh people who are making those kind of decisions that they now become aware of, and they can pass that to you and you can pass things over to them. I, I've always, I've always been surprised when I talk to agents and I say, you should call some accountants, you should call some financial advisors, say, you'd like to develop a really good relationship and, and send them some leads and, and, you know, offer to, uh, to help their clients as well. Um, it's, it's done by, I would guess, less than 1% of all the realtors yeah. out there, but it's yeah. a heck of a good idea, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it really is. And, and back to the initial point is once they give you a referral and you do a good job for them, now you you're in line to just get referral after referral. And if you set up a few of those relationships the right way, I mean, it could really, it could, it could 10 X your business over the course of a year. And so some ways that I would go about targeting those people, um, going to the places they hang out, right? Like here in San Diego, there's a place called the university club. Anytime you go in there, it's, it's 50% attorneys and accountants. So just simply going to those networking events and building the relationships and then calling them and following up and sending them regular uh, marketing collateral, just like you would to your past clients and database and just working those. And then also you know, a big part of our marketing mix that we teach is doing events in-person events whether it's socials and trainings so for example let's say you have a financial advisor that you want to work with well why not offer to host an event where they can be the speaker so they benefit they have they don't you cover the costs you you fill the room you put the butts in seats and all of that with your database and your marketing and and you know there's lots of different ways to fill a room but if you fill a room full of interested people that are, let's say, learning about a 1031 exchange or how to buy their first home or whatever it might be. Right. You get those referral sources involved in those events, invite them out to your socials. Then all of a sudden, you know, they become your go to source and you become theirs.
0: Yeah, it's 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 so. Uh... It's almost deceptively simple right it's one of those things that it takes about 30 seconds to explain to somebody and then they have to put the work in to actually build those relationships but boy you know if you if you're only focused on as you said your sphere well that's a great place to focus and you should Mm -hmm. because those are probably the people most likely to use you but we have a limited sphere, right? All of us, you know, unless we all know thousands of people, we're, we're limited. We know probably a couple hundred people uh, at most as we get into this industry. And then we're like, none of them want to buy or sell. It's like, well, okay. Um, they'll they'll come around when they come around, but you can proactively go out and, you know, you don't have to necessarily just purchase leads from different lead providers, although you certainly can do that too. Um, and uh, so, so I think that's great. Strategic partnerships around not just uh, referrals, but also, you know, generating additional income, as you mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. even with different utility providers in your area, there may be uh, affiliate relationships you can set up with your local energy company or your local um, internet and TV provider, cable provider, you, you might, you could get paid, you know, 50 bucks, hundred bucks, you know, or so every time somebody signs up one of your clients and, yeah. you know, these are, they're going to need internet and, and t- TV and or at least internet, maybe not cable, but internet for sure. And they're, they're probably uh, also uh, security services like, you know, the, the different, you know, security providers are also affiliate uh, oftentimes have those relationships that you can build. So even if
1: you, yeah, you know, let me, let me, let me give you two more on that note. These are, these are really good ones um, because they generally find out about someone wanting to, you know, make a move far before everybody else. And that's uh, general contractors, number wow. one, because almost anybody that wants to sell their house, they're gonna do a little bit of work first. So it's a great way to kind of get upstream before everyone else knows about it. And then the other one is property managers, because most people are gonna tell their property manager if they're thinking about selling, if it's an investment property, like, hey, you know, this after this lease, I'm gonna, don't worry about re upping, I'm gonna sell the place. And then you know they can put you in the front of the line for that type of a transaction.
0: Yeah, it makes all the boy general contractors. I never would have thought of that. That is that is absolutely really a wonderful tip. Um, because number one, every realtor wants a great GC to refer to their clients, yep. and we know that great Gcs are are you know uh not always easy to find and then the Gcs want want more work as well um so of course you're helping them but yeah they're the ones that probably do get the first uh, oftentimes first notice of hey we're about to make a move here and the GC could say hey you know I, I work with so-and- so you should talk to them they're a really good realtor and, and they might be able to give you a you know an idea of what your place is worth Et etc so yeah. what a great that boy that so much uh that's amazing I'm I'm shocked at nobody else has ever mentioned that in the history of the show. So I appreciate you bringing that to us. <laughs> awesome. Um, I, I also want to talk a little, just going back a little bit to your marketing specifically, because I'm I'm such a fan of your marketing and I think our, our listeners could really benefit. Now, a lot of times firms are, are advertising directly to brokers to get them to join. So we would call that like a B2B sort of business to business kind of uh, type of advertising. And of course, realtors are typically more business to consumer advertising. But I think what you guys do that our listeners who are more probably B2C could take away from is is really injecting humor, um, sort of silliness, funny. Uh, You you guys are doing that in a way that is incredibly authentic. Um, It's not funny for the sake of being funny. It's funny because that's clearly your personalities. And pretty much nobody else does that, right? Maybe individual agents might do that because they're kind of silly and you'll see some silly individual agent stuff, but you don't typically see silly brokerage stuff. And I love that you do that. (laughs) And I imagine it separates you from virtually everybody else.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I I think the marketing approach is the same in terms of how we do it as a broker and how I would do it if I was an agent. Um, I think the, the first step is really understanding who your customer avatar is. So what I mean by that is who if you could pick your ideal customer, who would that customer be? What are their attributes? What do they like? What do they not like? Where do they like to hang out? You know, and, and and then go from there. Because once you understand who your customer is, it makes marketing to that person you know, a lot easier. Because what I think a lot of people make the mistake of doing is they try to market to everyone. And by marketing to everyone, you're kind of just marketing like everybody else and you don't stand out to that person that's your ideal person. So what we did is we identified that we wanted people that are entrepreneurial. We wanted people that are fun. We wanted people that again back to our tagline of we're not your grandpa's brokerage like we we are different we want to be different we want to do things different and we want to attract the people that kind of fit into that model and so then you can kind of reverse engineer all your marketing from there so let's say i'm the opposite right let's say i'm a suit and tie person and i'm very serious all the time and my the marketing message would be a lot different and i'm looking for or or let's say in another scenario i'm looking for high-end luxury clients right the high-end luxury client is a completely different avatar and so you're probably going to want to wear the suit and tie and you're going to want to have you know the Louis Vuitton belt and all of that stuff that you can kind of show off and and uh, put into your marketing mix. So I think it's really just understanding who your customer is if you could pick your ideal customer and then working the marketing backwards from there.
0: yeah, that makes so so much sense and a lot of times I think we we focus on the fact that, And I do this too, because I'm on the recruiting side. And so I'm always thinking about, ah, our agent pipeline isn't full enough. Or if you're an agent, you might be thinking, oh, my client, I don't have enough clients right now, nobody's buying or selling and maybe taking a step back and saying, well, if I could design my ideal client or in my case or in your case, an ideal realtor to come work for us, what, what might that look like if we could wave that magic wand and then saying, okay, well now we know who we're looking for. Um, where do those people hang out? Where can I reach them? What kind of messaging do they like? Um, you know, where do they hang out online as well? Not just in person. Um, you know, and, and what, what do they want, right? What are they all about? And you're right. It, it's not easy, but it's simple, I guess, in that sense, I guess it's simple and hard because then you have to Mm -hmm. create the marketing that will actually hopefully attract those, those agents. But, um, or or consumers. Um I would love to talk about tools cuz I know you're a big uh systems guy. I would love to to you know what tools are you seeing agents having success with whether it's CRMs or or you know graphic design tools or or any any tools that you think really help leverage an agent to greater success.
1: Yeah, so um back to the marketing and and making your stuff look good and kind of coming up with a uh a uh, cohesive brand feel. I like Invanto Market. Uh, it's yeah. a, if you just Google it, you can find it. They basically, um, you can buy like packages of pre-designed, Fully branded fully customizable marketing packages, so what that could mean is it could include a listing presentation. uh, 15 social media templates letterhead folders and that way you can just go and you can buy that whatever again is going to resonate to you and to your uh, your your ultimate ideal customer. Um, So that's one I really like that I also really like canva. That's kind of, uh, I know a lot of people use that. It's kind of an obvious one, but a lot of people don't. And I suggest that everybody does because it's really cheap. I think the the paid plan, they have a free plan and the paid plan, I want to say is like 10 bucks a month, but yeah. you can make really great graphics, YouTube thumbnails. I mean, they have all the templates already in there and they're very plug and play. So you just upload your pictures. You can design flyers. You can do all that stuff. Uh, it works just as good on Uh, any device so it's easy to use um so stuff like that
0: Um, i have a quick canva story to tell you um because we we use canva as well a lot of our audience of course is familiar if you're not it's basically photoshop when when you don't need any sort of photoshop skills or even the photoshop software it's a web web application it's super easy as oliver was saying what i was going to tell uh you, you just reminded me of something so one day we were <laughs> we were surveying our, our agents going, um, you know, what could if we could wave magic wand, what what would you what would be a tool that we don't currently have that you might want? And somebody had said, Well, you you guys do a lot of training, uh, our firm, we do a lot of training on social media marketing and how to brand yourself on social, but you don't really provide us any content to post. Uh, the agent, was, the agent was telling us, and I was like, "Oh, that's hey, that is kind of a problem, isn't it? We don't really have content." So to Oliver's point, I actually I know that Envato Market I use it all the time, um, but I actually went on Etsy, which I didn't think those kind of things existed on Etsy, and they do. And we bought like 850 social media templates that looked really fun and cool. And they were all sorts of different, whether it's just listed, just sold or, you know, more informational or more like, Hey, this, this is learn more about me as the agent, all sorts of, you know, know, different trivia questions, all sorts of cool ready-made posts, um, that you can customize, make your own in about five seconds and then push out and. I think it cost us about a hundred dollars to buy these templates and use them with with our agents. So it's not even a high cost thing. And then you now have, again, assuming it it resonates with with your own person with your own personality, you now have ready-made content that you can use on social media indefinitely. So um we did this to separate ourselves from a lot of other firms that also didn't provide social media content uh that agents can use and we're like oh we'll just i don't know if anyone uses it but it's certainly a nice easy thing to implement for our agents and if you're an agent whose firm doesn't have that uh, well maybe consider looking at other firms or you know you can purchase those yourself for very very little money
1: yeah yeah they're all very cost effective and and uh and fairly cheap Both, all everything we just mentioned um Another one that I'm a big fan of is, is lumpy mail. So lumpy oh, mail is mail that comes to your inbox and isn't like a flat postcard or a flat envelope. It's something that's lumpy. So it sticks out in the mailbox. It's almost guaranteed to get open. Uh, there's a website called Red Paper Plain or um, com. Check them out. They have a ton of different, really cool lumpy mail items that you can send out to your clients. They have uh, like f- uh, foldable houses that, when you open it, it pops up and a house pops out. And you know they have all kinds of different, really cool things. Again, to stand out, one thing we're big on is we pattern interrupt. And being different. So for us, you know, back to the marketing, if you're sending out the same postcards that every realtor is sending out, you're not doing anything to stand out. But if you have a sphere that you're marketing to regularly, obviously send them the postcards and all that. But maybe once a quarter, send them something wild, send them something crazy that stands out that, you know, send it to them in a FedEx envelope that they have to sign for and open, right? Just doing things like that to be different is a a great way to stand out.
0: Yeah. And it'll cost a little bit more than doing a traditional you know, postcard mailer. But if you can get your open rate up by at least 50% or, or at least your read rate by 50% uh, on a lumpy piece of mail. And, and Oliver is exactly right. Who doesn't open a lumpy piece of mail? Because you're trying to figure it out with your fingers and find the corners. And you're like, this this could be very cool. And especially if it opens up into a three-dimensional house, um, yeah, that maybe that costs $5 per, per card. But boy, Uh, I I would certainly uh, expect I would get a few, a few transactions out of it uh, over time. Um, Mm -hmm. I I also used to do a presentation when I would sometimes speak at events called nobody wants to read your newsletter. (laughs) And, uh, And, and while I don't think it's a bad idea to send one, I'm sort of being silly by saying that. And I don't mean to disparage. We, we tell our agents to send newsletters, but, um, we say, don't just send a newsletter, right? Do other right. things that really make you stand out and a newsletter's fine. No, one's going to read it, but it, I guess they'll see your name and that's a good thing. Um, and if you send a postcard, you know, they're going to see your name and that's a good thing, but maybe you could do something a little different. And so I love the fact that you guys, uh, are, are, you know, you know, really into some of those alternative ideas that, you know, just get better results.
1: Yeah. A- another one just on the mail front is, uh, is a site called Mailbox Power. What I, I, you know, what we teach to our agents is creating a post-closing follow-up campaign because I forget the statistic exactly, but it's over 50% of people forget their Realtor's name after the first year. And so if you can create a follow-up campaign and with mailbox power, they're all greeting card style. They come with a real stamp on the envelope. Uh, they, they'll they do handwriting fonts and all that. And then you can also attach gifts. So anything from just like a $2 pack of brownies all the way on up to, you know, all sorts of other gifts that, you know, towels and tumblers and all the, all the stuff. Um, But if you create a campaign inside of mailbox power, you only have to create it one time. And then every deal you close, you have one for buyers and one for sellers. And you just put those people into that campaign and you set it and forget it. And now for the next five years, they'll be getting mail pieces from you at least once a quarter, sometimes maybe once a year. On their close anniversary, you send them, a, you know, you attach a thing of cookies or something, and that's just, you know, that's that's what separates you from the rest.
0: Yeah, it's really funny. I have a lot of different service providers in my life, as you do, I'm sure, accountants, attorneys, uh, financial advisors, etc. Uh, dry cleaner, you know, right? it could be uh, a dentist. I've never received any sort of ongoing uh little thank you um other than maybe a card at at, you know at the end of the year which you get you know dozens and dozens but i don't ever get a you know and i love my accountant and i'm not in any she will she'll never hear this so i don't I'm, i'm not disparaging her but um I never got like, Hey, you've been with me 13 years. Here's some cookies. You know, I would love that. Um, yeah. so the, I guess the point of me saying that isn't to say, you know, um, so many people are doing it wrong, but if you want to add that kind of value and you should, because you're absolutely right. My, my parents, uh, they sold a condo in Myrtle beach. It took them five years to sell it because they sort of bought it at the wrong time and they held it for too long. And anyway, it was a very difficult a uh, condo to sell. They eventually sold it. And the guy was kind of a hero to our family. And six months later, I said, Hey, dad, what was that guy's name? I wanted to send him a referral. And my dad goes, I have no idea. I'd have to look that up. I don't remember. And isn't that amazing? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and they liked him. They really yeah. liked him. They didn't, they, they thought like this guy's our hero and they couldn't remember his name. And it's not because my parents are forgetful. They are, they are very loyal to people. And so it's a great example of staying in touch after the sale. It, you know, we haven't talked about this at all. I don't want to pivot only because I know we're and then we're wait, let me I'm time. gonna
1: add I'm gonna add one more Please. thing just to bring it full circle because um I think that was a really good point you just made, but also back to the vendors, right? Why not create a mail campaign for the referral partners that you're targeting so that once a month they get a gift, a card, whatever it is from you. And then not only that, but you can include them in your post closing mail campaigns. So, you know, if it's a CPA around tax time, you should say, hey, you know, it's your favorite realtor, Oliver. I'm just sending out all the best. I know this time of year is tough for a lot of people. It's tax time. Here's my referral source. Hope that helps, right? You're not asking for anything. You're delivering massive value to that CPA. And then they in turn, you know, might come back to some business with you. So that kind of brings the loop full circle.
0: And, and it does. And I want to stay on that for just a moment because you just got me excited because I, I started thinking, what so so now we we start at the beginning right so now we're like wow that's a great idea now how do we implement it well we go back to oliver's first point you pick up the phone and call some cpas or if you have your own cpa of course you could start there but you can call them and say hey i've got an idea i have a big pretty big sphere of influence and i've also got past clients um, around January, people start thinking about taxes and getting, you know, all of their documents in order. And, you know, if you're looking for more clients, I would love to send something out every January, maybe even in December too, uh, saying, hey, this is my preferred CPA. If you guys don't have an account and you need one, or you want to see this, this person's amazing. And you know and say hey would you be open to that i'll even pay for everything if you want if you wanted to cover the cost as the agent um i can't imagine any cpa would turn that down
1: yeah yeah exactly and not only that uh you can even take it a step further you could add a page on your website that says these are my preferred vendors and just list them out now they're getting more exposure uh a lot of times they'll even offer to pay half you know uh, most of our mailings that go out most of the events that we sponsor our vendors are helping pay for those and bringing the cost down for us so that makes it more of a win-win for everybody you know if if, as long as you're delivering value for them they are going to bring the value right back
0: one last question about real estate and then i want to talk about your podcast and we'll wrap sure um I know I I, I I was seeing some of the books behind you um which I'll, some some of those I've read um and I wanted to ask if there was one book that you would recommend above all others that an agent really should read um do you have a and I know this is a tough question to to have you read a lot, but any particular book come to mind?
1: I'd say probably the most impactful book I ever read was forty eight Laws of Power by Robert Robert Greene. Green. Yeah, I mean, it's just an incredible book on the dark arts, you know, uh, how to close deals, how to blend in, how to strike when the iron is hot. I mean, he really covers the full gamut on on the laws of power and becoming a more powerful person. And that, you know, that helps with sales that helps with ideas for your marketing mix and just all the way across the board but that's yeah highly highly I, recommend that one
0: i own that book as well And robert green is not like a self-help guy he's actually an academic this is yeah. a this is a guy i think he's a college professor or he was and he has thoroughly researched um some of the most powerful types of personalities and and with with lots of examples throughout history i have not thought about that book in a long time i'm going to pick it back up so thank you uh 48 48 Laws of Power, Robert Green with an E at the end, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll we'll post a link to that in the notes. And and then we, you have a podcast, and we haven't talked about that at all. Let's talk about um sure. let's talk about Founders Club. So tell us what Founders Club is.
1: Yeah, so Founders Club was um really designed to be a high-level podcast for real estate entrepreneurs. So I've had people like Robert Kiyosaki, Grant Cardone, Chris Voss. Uh, Elena Cardone, uh, Ryan Serhant, a lot of top top people. And um, we really take a look at not, it's less about, you know, everyday real estate practices and more about building a big real estate business. And so we talk a lot about some of the stuff we've talked about today, you know, adding profit centers to your business, scaling up different tools, different things like that. But um, it was really just you know, my way of giving back originally just to our agents. I wanted to just interview great people, and and so the agents could hear. And then we started putting it out there, and it was really well received, and uh, it's been growing ever since. So you guys can check that out at FoundersClub.tv. All the links are there uh, for anybody that's interested.
0: Yeah. I, I really encourage all of our agents as, as you, sorry, our, our agents. Well, yes, our agents here at Kale and all of our listeners, which are probably all agents, uh, but they're certainly not my agents. Um, everyone listening, this is the kind of value that Oliver brings in Founders Club. So if you're listening to my show, you probably listen to other shows too. And as much as I would love to have no other shows out there, this is a great one for, uh, for our audience to pay attention to, because Think about, you know, just even the uh, the contributions he's made in this last hour, giving us a whole bunch of great marketing and advertising uh, ideas, tool ideas, and, you know, just I- ideas about how to really think about your business more from an entrepreneurial standpoint versus a agent in the trenches trying to make deals, right? Trying to really strategize. And he's talking to business leaders who have done this in all sorts of different fields. So yeah, Founders Club is where you go in foundersclub.tv. Is that, is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you just search Founders Club on your favorite player or YouTube, you'll you'll find us.
0: Perfect. Well, I think what a great place to wrap up. And I would also be remiss if I didn't mention if anyone is out there saying, "Boy, I'd love to work at a firm with a guy like Oliver." And by the way, you should want to do that unless you live in Chicago and you should work for us. But uh, but outside of Chicago, I'm just being silly, of course. Uh, I am the biggest fan of Big Block Realty. And if you are an agent and you're not getting maybe the attention or or that you want at your current firm. Maybe you're not getting the support, the training, or maybe you just want to see what else is out there and you want to explore other options. Big Block Realty, they're in California and they are expanding to other states, other markets. So they may already be in your area. They're in Wisconsin right now. Um, They're looking in other states, Florida, I believe, and a bunch of other places. So even, even if they're not there today, they might be there soon. So reach out. Uh, and the best place as an agent, you can learn about Big Block is right on their website, BigBlockRealty.com. Check out their marketing, by the way, it's great. Their videos are are just outstanding. Uh, and, and I think you know we all have heroes in this in this industry. Oliver is unknowingly one of mine, simply because of the way that they have conducted their marketing efforts. And you know, you know that that's going to bleed down into what they provide for their agents. So if you are exploring other options, couldn't more highly recommend Big Block. Boy, they seem like a fun group. And Oliver, uh, so thank you. Uh, for being on our show. We really appreciate your time. We know how busy well, we have about half the agents you do, and we know how busy it is to even find time to do these kind of shows. And you have your own show on top of that and a million other things that you do. So thank you on behalf of our audience for being part of our show and providing a tremendous amount of value. And on behalf of Oliver and myself, we want to thank our audience, the people listening. Thanks for making it all the way to the end. We we appreciate you. And we ask that you just do two quick things um, as you sign off. One is to telephone. Friend. Think of one other agent. Maybe you know an agent that would, needs to join a firm like Big Block. Let them know about that. But also send them a link to this uh, this episode. You can find us right at keepingitrealpod.com. And then if, just like Oliver said, any podcast app, search for not only uh, Founders Club and subscribe to them, but also search for Keeping It Real. So let somebody else know about both podcasts and about Big Block Realty. And then last thing, leave us a review. We really appreciate it. The way that we get better is by hearing from our audience. So whatever podcast app you might be listening to this on let us know what you think of the show and we want to continue to make it better for you oliver thank you so much and
1: we will see everybody on the next episode all right dj thanks again appreciate it we'll talk soon